1: You know it was it was it was tough it was a tough you know third quarter just kind of thinking about I kept thinking about it all the guys kept preaching to me to you know, let it go let it go we still got more game left and then um, fourth quarter when I kept hearing my number being called I knew it was my opportunity again so I had to step up. Which was, your, which was your biggest catch? Fourth down catch and a touchdown? Fourth down most definitely because without it I don't get no touchdown. Which was your favorite catch? Fourth down catch because without it I don't get a touchdown. <laughs>
0: Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. From Fantasy, what are you doing to Fantasy Goat? CD Lamb makes a dramatic comeback. I'm hoping to do the same. It's noon on Peacock, but it's 5 o'clock somewhere. My name's Matthew Berry. He's Connor Rogers. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour, where uh, my thanks to uh, Lawrence Jackson, Pat Crane. For uh, filling in yesterday, as I celebrated uh, the Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah, Lashanot Tava, to uh, everyone out there watching that celebrates, uh, and I feel like Connor that um, that Ceedee Lamb catches pretty much everything we have to to hang our hat on from last night. That was the moment. That was right. Like it was just like it was just like boring, 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 boring. Yeah, it was boring, full boring, of boring.
1: field goals until Saquon broke through. And never what you want to see on Monday Night Football is just a field goal contest mm-hmm. uh, between
0: you know two somewhat limited quarterbacks. This I'll point. just I'll just say this: if you have to see a field goal contest, better to see on Monday night than Sunday night. Am I right? I'm right. All right, um, let's go. Uh, let's um let's so big show today, Connor. Yeah, uh, loaded. Me and you. Um so we're, let's we're gonna break down this Monday Night Football game quickly. There's not a lot really to get into, and then we will uh, talk about. Uh, waivers. Yeah, we got week four waivers to get to a lot of big name injuries. Uh, who you should bid on, who you should make claims to, who you can ignore. We'll get into all that. But uh, why don't we start off on Monday night?
1: Yeah, let's start right there with CeeDee Lamb, the the redeem game for C. D. Yeah. Lamb after the big drop, and then and obviously, brutal. I mean, a brutal drop, wide
0: open. How do you do this? Like, so for those of you watching <laughs> on Peacock, you see right here, here comes CeeDee Lamb. We're watching the video right now, like literally in his hands, in his bread basket. Like this is like he had to move up. He had a he had to gain speed a little bit, but you see him there. He's tapping his chest like, this one's on me. But he's smiling, but it's it's my fault. But then, you know, he, he, he makes the clutch fourth down uh, grab to uh, to move the chains there when the Cowboys went for it. And then, just on a fade, just a ridiculous one-handed catch in motion, both feet down. CeeDee Lamb, unbelievable, seals the game for the Cowboys here. Ultimately ends up the night with eight receptions, 87 yards, a touchdown. On 12 targets, and to me, that's the biggest key here. We talked about this throughout when Dak Prescott went down. What do you do with CeeDee Lamb? And the answer was nothing. He's still the focal point of this passing offense. He's still the guy that's going to get a ton of work. My expectation here is that Cooper Rush is on our center next week. But uh, Dak Prescott uh, on Twitter, actually, Jane Ashley Slater, who uh, does a real good job of covering the Cowboys, uh, Jane getting a quote from Dak Prescott saying that, hey, he thinks week five against the Rams, he might be able to come back. That's a game. He's not ruling out a week four return, but there's a chance. There's a, it looks like a better than average chance that he comes back in week five. He's all, You saw some preseason footage of him gripping a football already. Either way, whether it's Dak Prescott or Cooper Rush under center, C.D. Lamb is who you drafted him be, which is the number one wide receiver in fantasy.
1: That's the relief here, Matthew, is that Cooper Rush is out there, and you could still trust C.D. Lamb. He's getting a ton of targets. The offense is absolutely running through him, at least the offense through the air. And Cooper Rush, while he is being a classic game-managing quarterback, all of his big throwing attempts seem to be going C.D.'s way. So that gives you a lot of comfort in this situation.
0: Yeah, so far through the season, he's t- he's wide receiver 23, but obviously uh, wide receiver 6 this week. It's big week week. Number 3. So, like, he's been more of a wide receiver 2 than the wide receiver 1 you drafted him for, but they play the Commanders on Sunday, and everybody scores on the Commanders. So no fear at all if you are a CD Lamb manager. Continuing good days are ahead for you. Um... To me, the, the, the other story is, and I want to credit, by the way, I want to take one moment here very quickly to credit Coach Jason Garrett. Coach Garrett was a, a guest on Fantasy Bowl pregame two weeks ago before Cooper Rush's first start, and we were all like, what are we going to do? Is the sky is falling here in Dallas? And, and Coach Garrett was very clear. Hey, we liked Cooper Rush in Dallas quite a bit. He's not a flashy name. He's not a big guy named Guy. Didn't come out of college with a lot of pedigree. But I will tell you, he works his butt off. He knows the offense. He can execute that system. Cowboys are going to be just fine. And Coach Garrett was right. Fantasy-wise, he was right. And by the way, real life right. Cowboys 2-0 under Cooper Rush. So credit to Coach Garrett right there. Running backs, I think, are interesting here, uh, Connor. Because Tony Pollard's, I think, suddenly useful.
1: You could... You were saying it uh, off the air that you can trust him in the flex spot, right? I think that's the most important thing with Tony Pollard because you know what Zeke is going to be drafted to do. He's going to be a star, set him in your lineup every week at running back. You like his floor. But Tony Pollard, I feel like, is more of the ceiling guy, right? He needs that big play to thrive but Matthew we're seeing the big plays from Tony Pollard the explosiveness behind this offensive line
0: had a 46-yard rush in this one on his way to a 13 for 105 day on the ground the concern here is and I don't know that's a big one but the concern here is is that in a game in which Michael Gallup did not play again and a game in which Dalton Schultz was not active Tony Pollard got one target we we had this whole expectation coming into the season Um, that how he's going to be used in the passing game. And week one, I went on Football Night in America. I said, oh, give me the over on 20 receiving yards for uh, Tony Pollard and didn't come close – like – that was mind-boggling to me. Uh, so they just – they aren't using him in the passing game. They're literally just using basically a two-headed rushing attack here. Yep. When they get in close, they prefer Ezekiel Elliott. You saw that Zeke came in on the fourth downs. They prefer him in pass pro. Zeke as well. So he's going to get a lot of the early down work. He's going to get the the close-in stuff. And, of course, he's the one that cashes in the touchdown. But I think this is right. Tony Pollard, 13 for 105. Ezekiel Elliott, 15 for 73 and a touchdown. Zeke catches one ball for two yards. Pollard gets no targets as well. If those two guys are going to be basically even, even touch uh, splits, right? If there's going to be an even uh, an even split in terms of the touches between these guys, which is what it's looking like right now. Now, it's worth noting, Zeke played 41 snaps. Pollard, Pollard played only 28. Again, they prefer Zeke in pass production. But Pollard has that big playability. I think Ezekiel Elliott is an R- is a solid RB2. You mentioned the floor. I think that's right. There's much more floor than upside With Zeke, I think he's in running back two where you're really hoping for a score, but I think by the end of the year, he has double digit touchdowns. Tony Pollard is usable as a flex for the season. Tony Pollard is the 25th best running back in fantasy. He was running back 28 in week three, and I think that's right. So I think somebody that was drafted as an insurance back for Ezekiel Elliott, he certainly has value there, but he is a viable flex play moving forward. I think the most
1: disappointing thing about Pollard and what's been a good year for him, he's only been lined up in the slaughter out wide just 20 times through three weeks. It, I feel like we got sucked into the talk or, or got excited about the talk of Zeke and Pollard on the field together, and we're just not seeing a lot of that
0: right yeah, now. Yeah, it's unfortunate. So, I mean, again, maybe there's less upside with Pollard. As long as Ezekiel Elliott's healthy, the upside on Tony Pollard is always going to be limited, especially if they're just not using him in the passing game. That may change once Dak Prescott comes back. Yeah. They may and feel like... Gallup. Yeah, the they Gallup. Maybe... Once Dak is back, and they're not as—they certainly care about pass production, but maybe Dak, who's a little bit more mobile, probably a little bit more experienced at at seeing blitzes, at at, at seeing some of the different coverages that might come this way. Maybe they open up the playbook. Maybe they're trying to be more conservative here again, with no Schultz, no Gallup. But the fact that he just hasn't been targeted that much through the first three weeks—he's gotten ten targets, ten targets in three weeks, right? You know, I mean, like. With a backup quarterback, you think the backup quarterback is going to? You would dump on him. it off a little bit, right? Yeah,
1: but looking at the Giants' side of things and yeah. sticking with the backfield here, Saquon Barkley, incredible comeback year so far. He's been the guy we've always hoped for and expected. Twenty-two point six fantasy points per game through the three weeks. RB one, another big week with about twenty-three points.
0: He is the best running back in fantasy right now. It's easy He's to the number. I mean, like. That's not a, that's not hyperbole. That's literally what he is. He is through three weeks. He is the number one running back in fantasy. Worth noting, by the way, he was the most bet player to score the first touchdown on BetMGM at plus six hundred. He's the first guy getting in the end zone. Nice job. Big take hit for BetMGM. Big MGM hit for the money. public.
1: What? Big hit for the public. Big hit for the public. You love to see that. Listen,
0: we're all about trying to take as much money from BetMGM as we can. Nice job on the public there. I mean, there's nothing else to say other than Saquon, like, but other than this is that the only takeaway I can say is that if you drafted Saquon Barkley, A, good for you, and more importantly that, uh, hey, um, don't trade him. Like For anyone that might think, like, I want to sell high or anything like that, I would not do that. This is legit. He is a locked-in RB1 for the rest of the year. I don't think there's anything much else to talk about here with the Giants offense. Tough news as uh Literally just got an alert from the uh, from the Fantasy Life app. Uh, this is uh, per Pat Leonard, uh, who covers the team for yep. the New York Daily News. Pat tweeting out, Sterling Shepard tore his left ACL. His season Oof. is over, per Brian Dayball, hashtag Giants. So um, awful to see, tough injury. We like Sterling. We wish him a speedy recovery. Um, but unfortunately, we are a fantasy football show. Yes. And when there is news in the world of the NFL, there is a fantasy reaction to that. So while we are not, um, while we certainly wish Sterling the best, the fact of the matter is, is that a uh, a leading receiver for the Giants is out for the year. That means there is a fantasy impact to that, and the fantasy impact to that is, is like, I think the Giants receiver you'd want to pick up to replace Sterling Shepard hasn't played yet this year. I think it's Wandell Robinson, if if anyone, right? I mean, it's not a good offense. it's not yes. a good offense. It's a low conservative offense. It runs through Saquon Barkley. But if, I'm willing to, if you're looking to the waiver wire, Wondell Robinson, to me, is the most interesting guy. He is
1: because there's a mm. lot of hope with Wondell. They invested a second-round pick in him. The staff really, really likes him. They can get creative with the usage of him. And here's the other side of it, Matthew. Galladay, the staff does not like him. And when they put him on the field, he's ineffective with yeah. that awful drop. Kadarius Tony can basically never practice, which is a huge problem. So you have to find somebody. Go with the guy that this regime believes in.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, he had the one catch for five yards. He leads the first game early of the season. hasn't played. Um, didn't play in week two or week three. We hope he comes back soon. It, it isn't right. This it is a new regime in New York. They drafted Wandell in the second round. They like him. There's a lot of buzz for him in the preseason. So I'm still holding up hope there. But otherwise, just feels like you know Richie James. You know, I, you know, David Sills. Like I just. I, Canary's Tony. You know, it's interesting. We had Mike Florio on football, Fantasy Football Pregame, of course, from Pro Football Talk. And one of the things he mentioned about Cole Beasley going to the Buccaneers, he talked about the fact that he was signed to the practice squad with the Buccaneers. Beasley really wanted to play with um, with Tom Brady. He goes back to the practice squad. Could the Giants, his former coach, and Brian Dayball, obviously, offense coordinator in Buffalo, like there's been interest there? Could they say, like, listen, Cole, what's it going to take to get you here? Um, and play the slot for us because they're two and one. Giants are two and one, and they're in the thick of it. They've just lost Sterling Shepherd. Might be interesting to see uh, if there's a reunion there with Beasley in New York. At the moment, he's currently in Tampa Bay. Um, let's move now to, uh, to wire, waiver wire. Yeah, for the running backs. A-, a huge week for the running backs on
1: the waiver wire, and you know who better to start with than Jamal Williams, of course. Unfortunately, due to the DeAndre Swift injury, but. Jamal Williams was flagged for a touchdown dance on Sunday. Let's hear what he thought about the penalty.
0: Right, There's a lot of th- hips thrusting.
1: Yes, what it was. plenty. A lot of. Well, lot not thrusting, of... waving. Interesting. Hip waving. As this Jamal is Jamal said.
0: Williams after the game.
1: Man, I've been doing that forever. That's why I'm like, that's why I was tripping. I thought it was a holding call or something. I'm like, did they just flag me for
0: doing the dance that I've been doing forever? Literally forever. Before Ken Peel, before all the little hips. Uh, oh, I almost cuss. <laughs> before the, all the hip stuff,
1: I've been doing this forever. So now my stuff is correlated to nothing. Nothing against them, you know. But that's mine. My, my hips, you know. It's not even thrusting. It's more like a wave, you know. <laughs> thrusting is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine's is a wave. <laughs> that's why. That's how I actually get away with it. I've been getting away with it all these
0: years, but now they want to bust me for it. I was pissed. i mean been getting, look at this. You hey, see video of it right now. It is. It's, that's more of a wave. That's more of a wave. I mean, admittedly, if I did that in the halls of NBC, HR might have a question for it'd me. Be more than a flag. It would be more than a flag. Yeah. I might get. Maybe uh, fine. Right. I don't think I could get away with a wave, but I don't have the kind of moves that Jamal Williams does. I, I would just look like an old man.
1: To you know, up, out of thrust. Like if
0: I was, just, you know, like anyway, he's. You know what's interesting is like I was just trying to do it here for a second, and like my chest. <laughs> it's like it suddenly I'm all chest, like because I wanted to like sort of like I was trying to like. Oh boy. I was. Well, no, I'm just like I'm just like you know like no, but it's like it's awkward, right? Like it's hard. Yeah. Like try like suddenly now I'm like I'm like oh, what, uh, the uh, three amigos all the yeah, time. You're you hula know, like, I is, yeah. Hula hooping. It is. Yeah, hula hooping a little bit. Yes. It's hard to do. It's hard to do. Uh, Give the man his credit. There you go. It's not worth a penalty. It's not worth a penalty. But here's what Jamal Williams is doing. He's absolutely crushing. (laughs) Through three weeks, he's the eighth best running back in fantasy. They trust him in the goal line. I mean, the, 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 the thing about Jamal Williams is he's always been a good running back. Yes. He was stuck behind Aaron Jones in Green Bay. He's been stuck behind DeAndre Swift in Detroit. But, like, he's a talented running back. We've talked about this. He has always been fantasy productive. Over the course of his career, when he has gotten the start in Green Bay, when he's gotten the start in Detroit, he's a guy that has been able to do it. So you think about week three, limited touches for DeAndre Swift, who's not 100% healthy, 22 for 107 and two touchdowns in terms of total touches. Listen, he shouldn't be available in your league. He's available about 40% of ESPN, I'm sorry, of of Yahoo leagues. Probably about 40% of ESPN leagues as well. Like it's, whatever, old habits die hard. Uh, But the truth of the matter is, is, if Jamal Williams is available in your league, you need a better league. But, yeah, not a lot he, of people paying attention. I'm just, but he's out there. I, I don't know how he's available in 39% of Yahoo leagues, but he is. So, um, if for some reason he is available, he's the number one waiver pick because even if DeAndre Swift comes back, it is clear Jamal Williams has complete standalone value. But if Swift were to miss any time and there's some concern about that, right, at this point, then yes, I mean, Williams, Williams is a top 10 running back uh, as well. Just want to mention real quickly uh, best friends with our researcher, Blake Friedman, Craig Reynolds. Craig Reynolds, Detroit Lions running back, who had kind of a nice little run towards the end of last year, should see, again, if Swift misses time. Reynolds will take – because they're not going to give it all to Jamal Williams. They're a run-heavy team. It's a run-heavy team. It's a good offensive line. So if those are in deeper leagues, 14-team and deeper, I do think Craig Reynolds merits uh, maybe a mention here. Same thing. This is another one that's shocking to me, Connor. How is Alexander Madison 45% available?
1: And it's every year he's impactful. Every Every year. year. Like There's three I'm, weeks a year he can win you your what are we week. Doing?
0: What are it we doesn't doing? make any cool? sense. Explain it. Well, I, I can't. I want answers. I. People are in bad leagues. Yes. People are in bad leagues. I. Okay. He's 45% available, Alexander Madison. Dalvin Cook, two things we know. You know, like death, taxes, here's two other things we know. Dalvin Cook can't stay healthy. He's literally never played every game in an NFL season in his career. He never has. Yep. Super talented, but he never has played every game in an NFL career. And that when Alexander Madison gets work, he's productive. He's insanely productive. He had four starts last year. He averaged 26 touches a game in those games that he started. 21, 21.7 fantasy points per game in the four starts last year. Dalvin Cook is 100% rostered. How is Alexander Madison not 100% rostered? Because if you have Dalvin Cook, knowing what inve- investment you made in Dalvin Cook and knowing that he doesn't play every game – Anyway, he's the Rolls Royf
1: Royce of handcuffs. Um,
0: at this of this insurance point. running backs, there's no question about it. Alexander Madison needs to be rostered. They're playing in London. They're playing in London. Cheerio, my friends, uh, against the Saints this week. Get yourself some Alexander Madison because th- you know there's talk that oh he's going to play. Th- he's going to wear the harness again. He's going to play through. We'll see. But again, it's just a reminder that if Dalvin Cook misses, you want yourself some Alexander Madison. A guy that should have been rostered, he is available in more than 51% of leagues, but I want to move on to Khalil Herbert. You've been now. saying this
1: one for a couple weeks now.
0: Connor, you have as well. I don't know what his profile was out of college. Yeah. Felt like he sort of came out of nowhere.
1: He, well, I'll tell you this with Khalil Herbert. He's been productive since his last year. He's was a late breakout. That okay. was the thing with him. So then he becomes a late draft pick. The number that stands out to me with him is this week, and this is what he does. Over 84% of his yards came after contact. This is somebody that even behind a questionable offensive line
0: <laughs> creates his own yards over and over again. Questionable is the nicest That's, thing anyone's yeah. ever said about the Bears' offensive line. Yeah, poof, yeah. I yes. mean, dude, it's I, bad. It's, it's not so good, and yet Khalil Herbert is really good. 169 total yards, two touchdowns on 22 touches last week against the Texans. That's more yards than Dave Montgomery has ever had in a single game in his career. He, play, he had two starts last year, he averaged 18.8 fantasy points per game and like the kid can play and one of the reasons why he's one of the reasons why I and I think other people were down on Dave Montgomery coming into the season we're like look this is the new regime under Matt Eberflus and his staff right they, they have no loyalty to David Montgomery and they're sitting there going like hey we need we're trying to win games for Chicago and we're looking around at what we got and like this kid can play Khalil Herbert can play and we're not saying that Dave Montgomery can't but Herbert can play he deserves you know snaps and he deserves so the concern was that montgomery might be in a timeshare with khalil herbert and so herbert was a popular insurance back he's been picked up a decent amount and certainly look there's a chance that montgomery misses some time as well and so you know we're doing this on a tuesday as news is starting to roll in but what i would say here is is that herbert has earned a larger share of this backfield and certainly if Montgomery misses time, also a top ten running back.
1: And there's a theme with the last three guys we've gone over with Swift, uh, Cook, and now David Montgomery. They have wear and tear every single every season. Year. Every So even if their coaches are saying, "Hey, it's day to day, it's week to week," this is something that can come back instantly as soon as they return. Their backups are ex-
0: they're extremely valuable, all of them. Yeah. And I think it just depends on where you are in terms of your your league, your season. You know, are you like, hey, you've had some injuries, I got to find a guy to start this week, or are you like, you know what? I can draft for some depth. So I feel like your draft, like all these guys, again, potentially based on the, the availability of DeAndre Swift, Dalvin Cook, and Dave Montgomery could be huge. But if all three of those guys, if Cook, Montgomery, and um, uh, Swift are all active this week, then these guys are all like, you know, in the case of Jamal Williams, a flex play, Herbert and Madison, maybe not, you know, um, Herbert might be a viable flex play. We'll see um, the reports we get in. But my point is, is those are big upside plays for at some point in the season when, if there is an injury or they get more opportunity, they could explode. The next guys we're going to talk about, these are just like, they're like, eh, they're fine. These yes. are like, I got to plug a hole. Yeah. Barry, I'm desperate. Throws. You know, yep. like I'm in a deeper league. I need a flex play. A league I need, paying like, attention need, to all the right, world. I need like a, I just need a live body. Just give me something with a pulse that can get me something at the running back position. And that's what these guys are. Your commanders, yeah,
1: J.D. McKissick, your commander's available in 74% of the league, so he's out there in most of them, and he's pretty much steady at 10 points a week because he catches the football and he gets enough targets.
0: 13 catches over his last two games, nine targets a week uh, in week three. As the commanders are trailing, they like him in three minute. They like him in passing down situations, and given how poorly the commander's defense has played so far this year, They're going to be in that situation a lot. Now, they play Dallas, which is a slow-moving offense uh, on Sunday. But still, McKissick is playing a decent amount of snaps until Brian Robinson comes back. And it is worth mentioning that is also a guy, like, in a deeper league grab and stash because he can come back in week five. Uh, But, yeah, otherwise, McKissick, to me, is just, you know, like he's a viable flex play. He's just he's somebody that, right, there's limited upside there with McKissick, but there's also a nice floor of, like, sort of like, hey, I need a body at, at running back. That is J.D. McKissick. Yeah, you, he qualifies at running back.
1: If you need 10 points in your flex spot, especially this week, we'll get into that. We'll cross that bridge when we get there when Brian Robinson returns, how that backfield's going to shake out. That's
0: going to be very interesting. Very interesting. But anyway, for, for this week against the Cowboys, you know, I think he's, I think he's a viable flex. You know, he's, he's, he was running back 17 this past week. Again, in games in which we expect the commanders to have to throw a lot because they'll be down, which we expected against the uh, Eagles, he is viable.
1: All right, looking over at Cincinnati, Samaji Pirine, 94% availability right now. Joe Mixon did not finish this game with the sore ankle. They were up two scores against the Jets, and they were just run, run, run. Pirine looked good, 12 touches, 61 yards, and the touchdown, as once again, Mixon was out. That's the key. We know they're going to force feed Mixon. But Pirine, is available in almost every league. Is there any, any urge there to pick him up and stash him?
0: Potentially. Again, sort of what we're talking about here with, with Madison or with Herbert, with Jamal Williams. Like, if you're the starting running back for the Cincinnati Bengals, you're going to have value. And it is going to be Samaj J.P. Ryan, if anything were to happen to Joe Mixon. You mentioned leaving the, uh, leaving the fourth quarter, only playing like whatever it was, the two snaps yeah. in the fourth quarter. They're the Thursday night game. They're playing the Miami Dolphins on Thursday night. So that's a quick turnaround for a guy that's so important to them. Now, all the reports out of Cincinnati right now are like, no, no, he's going to be fine. He's going to play. And Mixon's a very tough guy. But – with a short turnaround, just, it's just worth noting, again, like we see this every year, when there are productive running, there aren't a lot of them, but when you, can, when you know who the backup is, it's a very small sort of subset here, but when you know, like, okay, if this productive fantasy starting running back goes down, we know exactly who the backup would be, and we think that person would be productive. In those scenarios, all those running backs need to be rostered. And that's the case with Jamal Williams. it's the case with Alexander Madison, Khalil Herbert. And it's the case with Samaj P. Ryan. Mm. He would be the guy. You'd see some Chris Evans uh, mixed in on third down. But it would be Samaj P. Ryan who would be the starting running back of the Cincinnati Bengals. He scored the receiving touchdown last week. 12 touches for 61 and the score... P. Ryan's a nice player. They like him a lot. They probably used him too much in the Super Bowl last year. The Bengals uh, probably regret that. But they used him throughout on third down all last year. Zach Taylor likes him. So P. Ryan would be the guy. I think he's, he should be rostered in 100% of leagues because Joe Mixon is rostered in 100% of leagues. Again, it's just it's, there's so few running backs out there that are productive. If you know you can grab the backup of your star, then I think it's interesting. Now, again, like, that's not always the case Like with Derrick Henry. Is it Dontrell Hilliard? Is it Hassan Hawkins? Like, you know, there's other there's other running backs that if they went down, you're not really sure who the guy would be. Um, but in this particular case, we know who it would be. One last guy I just want to I'll mention real quickly is Tyler Algier. He's playing the Browns this week. He's played two games in which he's been active. He's gotten 17 touches. Cornell Patterson's on the wrong side of 30, and now he had a resurgence again last week in yep. Seattle. A huge game for him. But – feels like they want to get Algier more involved and they don't want Patterson to touch the ball as much as he has been recently.
1: Yeah, and uh, the thing is with Algier, just a goal line monster at this point. They love him down at the goal line. So that's going to be his value. But once again, the Falcons offense, we need to actually see it humming full force. Kyle Pitts freed, by the way.
0: Yep, you are welcome, America. Thank God. Thank God Kyle Pitts is free. But again, they're they're still figuring out that Falcons offense. So Algier is an interesting stash. Also, we'll see what happens when Damian Williams comes back. He, you know, he he was he was the starting running back at the start of the, and then he, he got hurt like ten touches in. But Algiers sort of an interesting name to um, to keep for deeper leagues as well as we see that Falcons backfield get a little bit more clarity as well. All right, when- we're going to go to break, but when we get back,
1: we are not done with waivers. Time to talk wide receivers: Romeo Dobbs, Russell Gage. Right after this.
2: Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack.
0: Has Romeo just basically, I'm too talented for you to limit how much I can play? Is he at a point where you got to live with whatever mistakes he's going to
1: make and you got to correct them, but he just he needs to play more because of what he's shown you?
0: Yeah, he certainly has earned it. Um, and he's going to get that opportunity, certainly with having a guy like Sammy out. Uh, it's, it's just naturally going to happen for him where he's going to play more snaps. And I thought he, he made the most of them yesterday. I thought he did an outstanding job. He, he was... Um, a guy that showed up consistently being able to separate
1: versus the man coverage uh, that that we were getting. I thought he did an outstanding job. That is Packers head coach Matt LaFleur on rookie wide receiver Romeo Dobbs. He said it earlier last week. We're going to put more on his plate this week. If you listen to a head coach, which is never a good idea, let me be honest, but this time it (laughs) was, you were rewarded. Dobbs in week three, eight catches, 73 yards, and a touchdown team high, eight targets. He hauled in all of them. Barry, i got to ask you, is the Dobbs show here to stay? We've been waiting. I think so. I think so. You're in.
0: Because the numbers you just mentioned, that was on the road at Tampa Bay. Like, the secondary of the Buccaneers is no slouch. right? I mean, he's doing that against Jamel Dean. He's doing that against Carlton Davis. Like, he's doing that against real people. Todd Bowles' defense. Right, yeah, exactly. He's doing that against real people. And so, you know, I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that in a game in which Aaron Rodgers needed to win, wanted to win, he got targeted, not Alan Lazard. Not Bob Tunyon, you know, I mean, it was... Not Aaron Jones. Not Aaron Jones, it was Romeo Dobbs. He ran a route on, he's run a route on almost 70% of pass plays so far this season. He's available in 75% of Yahoo leagues. Yeah, give me some Romeo Dobbs this week. I think he should be the number one waiver wire pickup at the wide receiver position.
1: Aaron Rodgers had a passer rating of 144 when targeting Dobbs. So I think Rodgers is going to go back to him quite consistently we
0: heard him praise him in the preseason you know he's it's proven into the regular season in terms of the production they play the Patriots on Sunday give me some Romeo Dobbs another veteran
1: quarterback that's looking for anybody and everybody Tom Brady threw a lot to Russell Gage this week available in 58 percent of leagues yes we are waiting on a lot of Buccaneers reinforcements right now but in the meantime Gage went for 12 catches 87 yards and a touchdown targeted
0: 13 times that's not sustainable no, and it's so frustrating because why didn't this happen the week before? Like we we thought it would and then it finally did. Like this is how the, things go. The Buccaneers offense is a mess and we are hopefully getting Chris Godwin back soon. Obviously Mike Evans will return. We still don't know the status of Julio Jones. Uh, you know, I sure I guess so, you know, they added Cole Beasley, they like Beasley as well. So I mean it's super interesting. Like this was a good game for Russell Gage, and I get it. But I think he's more of a floor play than an upside thing, and I think there's a very good chance that at the end of the year, when we look back, this was Russell Gage's best game of the season. Yeah, you're not as jacked up about this one as the Dobbs
1: conversation.
0: I'm I'm not, just because, again, fantasy production comes from two things. It comes from talent, and it comes from opportunity. I I think he's talented. I think Romeo Dobbs is talented. I know Romeo Dobbs has an opportunity. I don't know what it is with Russell Gage. It was so weird. Again, because Evans, Godwin, Julio all out for that game against the Packers, like they're trying to find themselves in Tampa Bay in terms of that offense. And so reinforcements are coming. Again, I think most of them will be back. One of the other things that's also interesting that I'll just I'll just throw this out there since we're talking Tampa Bay. Like I'm in a super deep league. And I'm at Scott Fishbowl, and uh, which is a, a charity a charity league that a lot of people play in. Like it's like a 3,000 person tournament. It's like this insanely. Deep, crazy thing. But in that league, I went ahead this weekend and I picked up Rob Gronkowski. Just for S and Gs, as they say. You know what? Like, you just, you don't know. You know, I like, I just sort of think, I'm, I'm Tom Brady. I'm like, listen, man. Listen, this is me. Let me Tom Gronk. Hey, listen, Gronk. Let me TB. Um, listen, you know how Giselle's all mad at me, you know, because I left to come back. So it's my like one last year. What are you, you doing? I, I need I you. I need you. I need you. Like, you know, put down the funnel. Tell Camille you'll see her soon. And uh, let's get going. Have a protein you, you, shake. You have a protein you have shake. A light. Let's, let's get going. Yeah. Bring whatever Gronk you need. Bring yes. how many Gronkowskis you need. Yes. Because there's like Bring 100 them of them. Just, just get down here. That's all I'm asking. I need you, Gronk. I need you. Come here quickly. I have to feel like that call, if it hasn't happened already, it's going to happen soon. Because Brady's sitting there going like, what are we doing, Guys.
1: Brady always goes back to his old friends in times of need, and it just feels like Gronk. I wouldn't be shocked. All right, looking at another powerhouse offense this time in the AFC, we've talked all about Stephon Diggs. We've talked all about Gabe Davis. Isaiah McKenzie getting in on the fun. He was always the guy over summer that we're like, okay, outside of the big obvious three, maybe Isaiah McKenzie, seven catches, 76 yards, and touchdown on nine targets. The Buffalo offensive output in this game was bananas.
0: Right. You know, and I'm changing my tune because like uh, two weeks ago after that Monday night game, I'm like, no Gabe Davis and still McKenzie couldn't get it done. Yeah. And like it just, all I, you know, like it's all digs and okay, whatever. But the fact of the matter is, is we now have three weeks of, of, of data here and his snap rate has increased each game so far this season, right? Seven for 76 and one touchdown on the nine targets, as you mentioned here. I think this is interesting Two of the three games so far this year, he's been targeted inside the 10-yard line. They're using him. It is clear that, um, as they sit here, he he played 51% of the snaps last week in week number three. Um, I think that's encouraging. That's an encouraging sign. We forget, like, he had that one huge game last year, but he was basically a part-time player for the Bills last season, and so maybe it's just kind of getting him up to speed and getting him more and more comfortable, Uh, him and Josh Allen more comfortable on the same page, and so expanding his route tree a little bit as well. Um, It's Wide receiver 35 on the season. He was a top 10 wide receiver here in week number three. If you're throwing darts, which is what you're really doing during the waiver wire, like, a piece of the Bills' offense is not a place is not a bad place to throw a dart. I'm with you.
1: And with the Bills, how often they've attacked outside the numbers with Diggs, Gabe Davis. Eventually teams are just going to give him the middle of the field and say we have to take away something. That's where McKenzie's going to live. So he's interesting. Available uh, in almost 60% of leagues. So he's out there right now in a good offense. All right. <laughs> the inevitable uh, Cardinals wide receiver Greg Dortch, somehow still available in 83% of leagues. All he's done in the last two weeks is caught a million passes. He's helping out in PPR format. 15.3 points per game this season. That is good for wide receiver 21. I know Hopkins is going to be back at some point, but Kyler Murray is looking Dorch's way consistently.
0: He's played 86% of the snaps. He's out oh, there. Oh, he's a out ton. there. He's out there a ton. And I feel like, you know, this is not a fantasy football, it's an emotional game. And I just wonder, Connor, I wonder if he had a cooler name. <laughs> Would people uh, care? Uh, yeah, Greg Dorch sounds like a science teacher. It does. Mr. Dorch? You yeah, know, it's like hey, a, the substitute. I, he's, a substitute. Yeah, he's, a, he's the substitute. he's like he's like um, you know, sorry, Mr. Dorch, I, I haven't gotten my permission slip for the field trip yet. I, I, I'm on it. Uh, hey, Mr. Dorch, can I have some? Uh, can I have some extra credit? Right. It's I tough. mean, like, it just it feels like yeah. you know, like hi, um, uh, Fidelity Insurance here. I, I'm Greg Dorch. Like, he, like he yeah. could, aid, like, somebody that sounds like he, he's going to sell me, like, some, you know, some equity in my house or something. I don't know. Like, he's, he just, it's not a cool name, Greg Dorch. The accounting cubicle from 9 to 5. I mean, it just, yeah. I feel like if he had a cooler name, if he had a nickname, um, maybe he was a higher, you know, he was, you know, um, you know, if he was, like, Dorchy McDorcherson, maybe. <laughs> the Dorch I don't know. master. I just feel like the fantasy community is just sort of like, eh, fluky. Eh, still fluky. Like, I mean, we're three weeks in, you know, but right, if we called him the human Dorch, I mean, now, I have to. now you're in. We're right? Dorch's marketing team. Now you're printing up T-shirts. Yes. Now you got bumper stickers. Yeah, now now you're trying to do, like, you know, trends on TikTok with hashtag human Dorch. Yeah, so suddenly that becomes interesting to me. He's playing the Carolina Panthers this week. He's available in 83% of, uh, of leagues. As long as Rondell Moore continues to be out, Greg Dorch, the human Dorch, is going to have a role in this Cardinals offense and so um pretty interesting um as well especially considering by the way AJ Green beat up like he's hurt a little bit seems we're at the end of the
1: road here let's
0: we could be honest right and we've still got a couple games before DeAndre Hopkins comes back the human Dorch, I think is viable here for at least a couple more weeks he's so far he's a top 21 wide receiver on the season
1: crazy all right, With the uh, moving over to the Chargers here. Josh Palmer available yep. in 73% of leagues. You've told the story with Josh Palmer as it is. If one of the starters are out, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, play Josh Palmer and he will produce. The problem now is Keenan Allen is expected to return this week. Are we getting away from the Josh Palmer train when he We're not, just, Again,
0: it depends on what you need. Like if yeah. you need somebody this week, there are other guys out here that we think will play and be productive. If you're just like, you know what, I'm just trying to bolster my bench – then I think Josh Palmer makes a lot of sense. Like he's a talented wide receiver. Yeah. And do I think that Mike Williams and Keenan Allen play every single game from here on out? No, I think there's a chance they miss. There's also a chance that this offense, as as Herbert gets healthier, becomes better and Palmer maybe gets becomes a viable, you know, wide receiver three or four on a consistent basis. But certainly Talent and potential for opportunity are reasons why you might think about rostering Josh Palmer.
1: Yeah, the Chargers dealing with a lot of different injuries right now, potentially lost left tackle, Rashawn Slater with the biceps injury. It's, we know
0: Herbert's banged up. It's been it's, it's been tough it's for been, the Volts.
1: Yeah, unfortunately for the Chargers, the injuries just always catch up to them. So it does
0: it's so weird. It just I feel so bad for my friends that are Charger fans. I will say that if Keenan Allen can't play this week against the Texans, Palmer would be right back into my lineup.
1: All right, everybody laughed at them in the offseason when the Jaguars paid Christian Kirk and Zay Jones a lot of money. But, boy, does it look like it's worked out so far. Trevor Lawrence looks great. Zay Jones available in 90% of leagues. He's an afterthought at this point. Coming off a 10-target, 10-catch, 85 yards, and a score in week three. I'm not going to ask you if that's sustainable because that's not fair to Zay Jones. But 90% available.
0: Dude, I mean, that's
1: ridiculous.
0: He's got, nine, he's got nine or more targets in two out of the three games so far this year. He's got a 23% target share on the season. So far this year, he's a top 25 fantasy wide receiver. Through three games, he's a top 25 wide receiver, and a top 25 wide receiver should not be available in 90% of Yahoo leagues. Two things we know for sure. The Jaguars are always going to be throwing. It is a pass-first offense under Doug Peterson, which has always been his case. Again, he's a former NFL quarterback, right? Who comes from the Andy Reid school of coaching. Doug Peterson's going to want to throw, so that's that's already there, and he's got a good quarterback. That's the so key. you've got so he's getting a decent target share on a pass-first offense with a good quarterback. Yeah, give me some Zay Jones. I'm in. I'm in on him this week. I'm in on him the rest of the way as well.
1: Yeah, Jaguars offense, you could say it. they're exciting. Right, yeah. There's a lot to be excited about with them. Okay, the Raiders, the only 0 3 team in the NFL, but they actually have some big time fantasy output through the air. Mac Hollins, Mac Hollins is available in almost every league. Ninety eight percent.
0: So, so every year I get to go to something called the NFLPA Rookie Premiere. Oh yeah, I know. Okay, it very well. yeah. It's it's and and basically what I do is they they invite me out there and they invite 40 of the most They're all offensive players, basically. The 40 of the most marketable players, rookies, and it's a chance for them to meet the rookies, meet all the partners of the NFLPA. And it's like, you know, it's brands like it's Pepsi. And, they you know, they see their EA matting rating for the first time. They, they you know, they sign their trading cards yep. for the first time. It's the first time they get to take pictures in their uniforms, blah, 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 all sorts of stuff. And they're always – the NFLPA is so gracious. They've been such good friends to me and the program. All the jerseys you see behind us here on the wall are all from the NFLPA and our friends at Fanatics. So, you know, it's um, – uh, they're they're just they're wonderful partners and friends, and so every year they invite me out. And the reason I bring this up is that I interviewed Matt Collins when he was a rookie for the Eagles. And I got to tell you, I've been going I think six years now, I've been gone this six years. To this day, my favorite interview of all the people I've met is Matt Collins. He is awesome. I love this kid. I was just like, oh my God, he's super personable and charming and uh, funny and I just... I get about fifteen minutes with each of these kids, and I said to him, "I said, listen, I hope your career is long and prosperous, but whenever it's over, you should immediately go into broadcasting because you're amazing, dude." And so, um, uh, and so, Matt Collins has just been a guy that I've always sort of rooted for from from that time that I met him, and it's great to see. Like he's had he's had a couple of flashes with Philadelphia, Miami as well. Yep. Like I've tracked his career, and he seems to have found a home in Las Vegas. He's run a route. On 98% of pass plays so far this season, I know people will point to, hey, there was no Hunter Renfro. I get it. Great lettuce too. You're right. Great lettuce, like unbelievable. Look at this. Um, the hair has grown since I have seen him as well. But the fact is, is they played 97% of the snaps. He got you know, he's getting uh, he's getting more targets, more receiving yards, as you see here on your screen. Obviously, the production of week three much more significant than it was in week one or two. But the fact of the matter is. Is that he's playing on the outside. You've got him That's and Adams the on the outside, Renfro in the slot along with Waller. There are concerns how much volume can he get because you've still got you've still got Adams, Renfro, Waller, and Jacobs. So at best he's probably the fifth option. But the Raiders are a team that throws a lot. It is one of the more pass-heavy teams in the NFL. I think he's a talented player. Yeah. And it feels like he's found a home in Las Vegas. Darren Waller has never been the the picture of health as well. And so as teams continue to double and triple Devontae Adams, you know, and Renfro's in the slot, I do think Matt Collins is a deeper league consideration.
1: a great breakout for a guy drafted as a special teamer slash project at wide receiver. That project is now paying dividends and you nailed it. Less than 15% of his snaps are, are in the slot. He's playing out wide. So if Renfro's back, you don't wipe he's, Matt Collins off the board. He's still,
0: he's still on the board, and it, it feels like he's getting a, a connection with Derek Carr. He's made some big-time catches, which quarterbacks love, right? You know, I'm throwing it up there, yeah. and Matt Collins is coming down with the ball. So it's just great to see. It's just a, he's a kid that I root for and like a lot uh, as well. And so, anyway, happy to see uh, Matt Collins having a, a lot of production and found a home in Las Vegas. Let's move on to DJ Shark, uh, who's now in Detroit. Here's the only concern. Right? Amon Ross St. Brown, our Lord and Savior. Right? I mean, like... Legendary. Right? I don't know. Has the ankle injury. He played through it. I, I don't know. Um, he is a sun god. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Shark has six targets in two of the three games of the season we've seen to be fantasy productive. It is a offense that we know can put up fantasy points if Amon Ross St. Brown... Misses any time, Shark would be the obvious beneficiary. He's well in 56% of Yahoo leagues. So he's a little bit deeper on the list. Same with his teammate, Josh Reynolds, who got a team high 10 targets and 96 yards week three. I prefer Shark to Reynolds. I think just, I know Reynolds has been there longer, but I just think Shark's the better player. If I'm picking up for But neither of them are Mon St. Brown.
1: That's right. And I think what's knocking on the door is Jamison Williams is going to play this year. So I think that has a huge impact on Josh Reynolds more so than Chark. That would give them a lot of speed out there. All right, moving over to the Patriots real quick. Devontae Parker. Yes, Devontae Parker had five catches for 156 yards on 10 targets. Mac Jones leaves the game with an ankle injury that does seem serious. A high ankle sprain.
0: This feels a little flash in the pan. Don't love it. Don't love buying into no, it. No Jacoby Myers in this game yeah. as well. And so what does this offense look like under Brian Hoyer? It's still <laughs> going to be run heavy. Like, Devontae Parkers, they're also on the road to Green Bay this week. You don't love the matchup here. This Good is defense, I mean, this yeah. is a wait and see. On Parker. I'm not rushing to the waiver wire on Devontae Parker.
1: Let's flip it the other way and look at two potential drop situations. You and I have touched on this one, I think, a week ago with Darnell Mooney. He's rostered in 70% of leagues. The bottom line is he's averaging two points a game right now because out of Darnell Mooney's fault, they do not throw
0: the football. It's, it's crazy. So four catches for 27 yards, that's a bad game. That's a bad game. Like, if you're like, oh, hey, this guy got four for 27, you're like, ah. It's not a, a great game. half. It's not a, it's not a great half. It's definitely a bad game. You know what it is though? It's an awful season. That's what Darnell Mooney's done this season. 4 for 27. Dude, 4 for 27. The entire Bears staff should be fired just for that alone. Cuz Darnell Mooney can play football.
1: Yeah. Darnell seen there's it. no
0: reason why Darnell Mooney should have only 4 receptions for 27 yards. But that's what we're sitting here with. Last week I said, you know what? I still I'm not dumping him yet. I want to bench him. I want to wait and see. I've seen Are you out? I'm out. I'm out I'm on Darnell Mooney. I'm like a Vegas Steeler. This is what
1: you do. <laughs> All right, one more. Uh, looking at the Steelers, we know Mitch Trubisky has had his problems, and that has led to problems for Chase Claypool. Also rostered in 70% of leagues, only 11 catches for under 80 yards through three games.
0: Until the quarterback situation improves, it's hard to really so trust Chase Claypool. I, I don't mind hanging on to him if you have him, but I also don't mind dropping him. Let me put it this way. If he was available in my league, I'm not like, ooh, that's who I want to go grab. I would rather, gra- if I'm if I'm investing in a non-Deontay Johnson wide receiver, I'd much rather take George Pickens. I'd much rather go to the waiver wire and grab George Pickens, whose numbers don't look great. Three for 36 this past Thursday night, but we saw that catch. Like, George Pickens, it's coming. It's, it's just a matter of time. I think Kenny Pickett will get there eventually, but George Pickens is too talented. Like, I, I'd rather be earlier than late on George Pickens, and so... I prefer Pickens to Claypool if I'm picking a non-Deontay Johnson wide receiver uh, for the Steelers. All right.
1: Justin Fields did not have a good game Sunday, but Dude. don't take it from us. Quarterback waiver Wire coming up next. We are here to help.
2: Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play?
0: it's hard not to add a side of hot crispy hash browns to your favorite mcdonald's breakfast it's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: i played straight up i just played like i, I want to say the a word but i'm not gonna do that but i've just played like trash i uh, played terrible um and really just just gotta be better
0: One of these days, I'm going to have to give a press conference like that. Listen, I, week four picks. Didn't and just, have you know, it. I'm sorry. I didn't have it. I, I prognosticated like trash. I, I just got to get better. I'll do that. I haven't done that yet, but I'm sure. We'll it's, set um, up like a podium. Oh, yeah. In front of the Applebee's logo. 100%. We'll Perfect. figure that out. Welcome to Dumpsville, Justin Fields. Yeah, Appreciate him owning over. it. Appreciate him understanding and appreciating that. But the fact of the matter is, is like, you're not running as much as we need you to. You're not throwing as much. Like, not throwing at all. I mean, like, I, it's, I mean, he's QB 31 on the season. He's QB 31 on the season. He's on pace to throw less than 1,700 yards. He's on pace for 11 passing touchdowns and 23 interceptions. Not where you want to be.
1: Not ah, If where you, drafted Justin you Fields want to be. And you're holding on, stop doing that right now and find a streaming option. And, and that's what we're here to do right now.
0: We are. He's rostered in 52% of leagues. It needs to be Zero. Yeah. It needs to be 0% of leagues until we see something on the field. We just haven't seen it yet. A, a guy that needs to be rostered, I think, in 100% of leagues, even if you have a quarterback because there's always somebody who needs a quarterback, Jared Goff, viewer Detroit Lions. It's here for Jared Goff.
1: Absolutely. Seven touchdown passes through three games, and he's got a feast in front of him in Seattle right now. They are allowing a league-high 8.8 yards per pass attempt. It's time to fire up Goff or at least have him in the holster, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, through three games, he's the 11th best quarterback in fantasy. That's crazy. I, I, again, we, we've said this on this show many, many times. Give Jared Goff a clean pocket, he's fine. And so they've got some weapons there. They've got actually a pass-friendly offense. The defense is bad enough that they're going to have to continue to throw as well. Jared Goff is not – when you say, well, sometimes with fantasy, you're like, is this a fluke? The fact of the matter is, is, again, Jared Goff has been a QB1 in fantasy before over the course of a season. It was a couple years ago in in L.A., but as we always say, once you display a skill, you own it. And so he owns that skill. He He is fantasy viable, 100%. I don't think this is a fluke. He has a lot of nice weapons around him with Hawkinson and Swift and, of course, our sun god. So, yeah, give me some Jared Goff to me. He needs to be 100% rostered.
1: Another guy available in almost 60% of leagues, Jameis Winston. Now, I know the touchdowns haven't been there, Matthew, but the pass attempts are going up each week, 40-plus, in each of the last two weeks. Feels like they're starting to let Jameis be Jameis at this point.
0: A little bit. You know, now, I want to see what the health is like for Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry. Both left the game with injuries last week. Chris Olave had a monster game as well. He was great, by the way. If, for some reason, Chris Olave is available in your league, he needs to obviously (laughs) be uh, rostered because that's coming And that's coming soon. Um, But, yeah, I like the matchup this week against the Vikings, right, who allow the fourth most passing yards per game. Uh, We expect Minnesota to be able to score on uh, on the New Orleans Saints. So Winston, I think, is a viable streaming option so far this week. He's going to be 17 on the season about right you know he's a mid-tier qb2 with some upside in the right matchup i think against the vikings on sunday is the right matchup
1: all right let's get to desperation hours here geno smith available in over 90 percent of leagues he's got the lions who have given up a lot of points to virtually everybody at this point is geno smith a desperation player right now
0: he's viable i mean he's had 17 or more fantasy points and multiple touchdowns in two out of three games so far this season he was a top seven fantasy quarterback last week again in the right matchup where he's having to throw and having to run around a little bit we think that could uh, that could potentially happen on the road at Detroit. We expect the Lions to put up a lot of points. We talked about with Goff, so I do think yes. If you are desperate, I'll have Geno Smith higher this week than I will I normally would in a given week. It's not ideal, but like, do I prefer him to Justin Fields, to Daniel Jones, to some of the other guys down there at the? you know, as you're sifting through some of these guys that you kind of got to squint and be like, eh, maybe I can make that work. Maybe maybe Marcus Mariota could be okay this week. Like, I do think Geno yeah. Smith is a viable desperation play this week.
1: All right, let's move over to tight ends right now and looking right at Brown's tight end, David Njoku, who's got the Falcons on deck. He's available in about 50% of leagues. And Joko with a big breakout in week three, nine catches, I 89 saw yards, at,
0: and a touchdown. I saw this in a bunch of leagues where basically people dropped him just before Thursday night game. because, like, I'm not going to use him. He was bad the first two weeks. I don't want to be stuck with this roster spot for a guy that's going to play Thursday night. So I'm going to just drop him. Of course, then Thursday night he goes out, and he's nothing short of fantastic. You know, a 9 for 89 and uh a, uh, as you see it there on your screen, 9 for 89 and a touchdown for David Njoku. He's playing on 90% of the pass play so far this year. They're using him a lot. If you listen to Jacoby Brissett in the post-game interview that he did on Amazon Prime after that game, they talked about how important Njoku is to their running game. Yes. So the, the focal point of their offense, And Njoku, very good blocking tight end as well. So he's going to be playing on a ton of snaps. He's going to be out there a lot. Uh, Jesse James did not play in Thursday night, so I do think he's sort of interesting as well. It's likely his best game of the season, but I also think it's a fairly narrow target tree in Cleveland they are going to have to throw. Uh, Moving on quickly, just a couple other guys. Bob Tunyon, he's playing the Patriots this week. He had seven targets in Week 3, tied for second on the team. Again, Sammy Watkins on the IR. Christian Watkins didn't play in that game, but feels like Bob Tunyon, who two years ago Had, you know, had a nice connection with with Aaron Rodgers. Touchdown machine. Very touchdown dependent, unfortunately, but most tight ends are as well. And get this. Through three weeks, Tyler Conklin has at least seven targets in every game so far, 24 targets through the first three games. On the season, he's the third best tight end in fantasy. Now, we'll see what happens when Zach Wilson comes back, by the way, for quarterback waivers. Maybe worth stashing Zach Wilson as well because – Listen, Flacco's been productive, and yeah. we're still waiting to see what we'll get out of Zach Wilson. But uh, I do think he's kind of uh, kind of interesting as well. And I already mentioned, deeper league, if you're just looking for someone to stash and hold, Gronk. I think it's I think there's a non-zero chance Gronk shows up this season. It's worth a flyer. Why not? And
1: if he comes back,
0: you're never getting production. You're getting a top ten For Genesis nothing right now.
1: It's available in
0: every league. All right, if
1: you want more waiver wire advice, check out Denny Carter's comprehensive waiver wired column on Roto World NBC Sports Edge. Right after our show at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, Denny is doing a live waiver wire Q&A session hey on YouTube.com/NFL on NBC,
0: the new NFL on NBC YouTube channel. Go check out Denny live at noon, answering all of your waiver wire questions, and check out his column on Rotoworld.com. It is super comprehensive. We will be back with more of this. Two good defenses, two offenses in transition as the Niners go from uh, Trey Lance to Garoppolo. Russell Wilson needs to find himself. I think Russell Wilson does not have three bad games in a row. Give me the Broncos at home tonight. Look at that. Look at that. It's only one person. That was me on Football Night in America reading a tweet now. Sam Wagman writes, At Matthew Berry, TMR is the hero of this story. He believed in the Broncos when no one else did. And it shows a graphic there. Of every single person on football night in America, including America making the pick, they all took the Niners, Connor Rogers, but one man believed in the Broncos, one man has two thumbs and believed in the Broncos, and that's this guy, right here.
1: You are officially
0: Broncos country. There they go. should let you let's ride. They should let you let's come ride. out on the horse. That's right, a hundred percent, right? Um yeah, I, I thought that was weird. Just like, I, I thought uh, we don't talk about the picks before, they, before we make them, right? right? So I just, I honestly was shocked that I was the only one that took the Broncos in a, in a one, basically a pick 'em game, and the Broncos are the home team. So I was shocked that I was the only one that took it. Interesting. Um, so, anyway, that worked out well for me. I don't want to make any more picks. You know, like no, no, no. Go know, out you, on top. I, exactly. You're done. Mike, drop and leave. Last it, day. I'm going to have to make uh, picks next week for Football Night in America, right here on NBC and Peacock. Real quickly, we just want to talk about some of the bet, uh, the MVP odds. Yes. Right. These are provided by our friends over at BetMGM. Uh, look at my ride or die, Jalen Hurts, who started the season uh, at plus twenty two hundred, and now he's just plus seven hundred.
1: I mean, if you got yourself a little Jalen Hurts ticket. You could be sitting pretty big.
0: Tua Dungabailoa started at plus 5,000. He's now down to plus 1,400. Meanwhile, I think this is sort of interesting. Aaron Rodgers, who's won a two the last two years, plus 1,000. Now he's plus 2,000. I kind of might, might want to put a little money on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, right I don't want to bet against Aaron Rodgers. Again, there's still 2-1. They're still and one. He's going to get better. If they end up going far, he's always a guy that can handle it. And Joe Burrow up to plus 2,500.
1: One note on this board, two of the top three will square off this week, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is the Ravens' offense. I like his value because they're still going to win a lot of games.
0: Plus 55, plus 55, plus 550, I should say, started over plus 2,000 as well. Can't wait to see that game. Anyway, that's it for today. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. For Connor Rogers, I'm Matthew Barry. Check us out tomorrow. Thank you for dropping by. Peace out.